So today, uh, continuing our series on creation, we consider the power of storms. God created this world in balance and set in motion the intricate machinery of our climate. Like the seas, we can sense the power in the storm. It makes sense that we might equate that power with God. As we read Psalm 29 together, we see how the psalmist starts with that idea, but then moves beyond it to the God that contents us in the midst of the storm. So reading from Psalm 29, You divine beings give to the Lord. Give to the Lord glory and power. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bow down to the Lord in holy splendor. The Lord's voice is over the waters. The glorious God thunders. The Lord is over the mighty waters. The Lord's voice is strong. The Lord's voice is majestic. The Lord's voice breaks cedar trees. Yes, the Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon jump around like a young bull, makes Syrian jump around like a young wild ox. The Lord's voice unleashes fairy flames. The Lord's voice shakes the wilderness. Yes, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The Lord's voice convulses the oaks, strips the forest bare, but in his temple everyone shouts glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the floodwaters, the Lord sits enthroned, king forever. Let the Lord give strength to his people. Let the Lord bless his people with peace. It's funny how, uh, how God works sometimes. I, I promise that Brent and I did not share notes in advance. Um, but it's amazing how we both have some of the same experiences. I, too, love a good storm. Are there others here? Anybody else? Hey, all right, we're not the only ones. I'm so glad to see that. When I was in high school, um, my family had this uh, pop-up camper that sat out in the yard, obviously, when we weren't camping. And, um, you know, when the storms would roll in pretty much every afternoon during the summer, I'd go out and lie on top of that and just watch the, the clouds and watch the lightning. Um, you know, it was just amazing to see, you know, the, the lightning, like, shooting out from one cloud to another, almost like fingers or the the glow deep inside one of the clouds. Um, or I remember um, growing up, uh, my family also would go uh, every fall. Um, a friend of the family owned a beach house on Edisto Island in South Carolina. And it was right on the beach. It was on the beach side of the little road there and up on, high up on stilts, um, up over the water. And it used to be set further back from the beach, but, you know, over time, I think the high tide mark pretty much got up to the stilts by the time we stopped going. Um, but I remember sitting up on the deck on the back of there and watching the storms as they would go up the coast uh, often, watch the flash of the lightning out over the water. The sheer power and intensity would fill me with that same sense of awe that I would sometimes feel as I would just stand there on the beach listening to the crashing waves. I always felt like I was standing in God's presence. And for centuries, that's been a really common thing. Across cultures, on every inhabited continent on earth, we find cultures that have used storms as a way of 
thinking about the gods. They would always associate the thunder and the lightning and the storms with one of their gods. And some of these are familiar to us today. Like we think about Zeus or Thor, gods associated with thunder and lightning in their respective traditions, not forges and hammers, even if those were involved. The psalm today shows this same awe in the presence of God's power. God's voice thunders over the waters. God's voice causes the earth to quake and the trees to shatter. God's voice appears in the sky like flames shooting down. Sounds an awful lot like a storm. We feel insignificant at times in the face of the storm. We feel small. We're reminded of just how tiny we are. And just as we can stand at the edge of the sea and recognize its power, we tend to cower at times in the face of storms. The lightning flashes, the thunder booms, the ground shakes, and it can be scary at times. But just as the seas can point us to the power of God that is far greater, so can the storms. At the same time, we do see the destruction that storms can cause. Those of us that have lived in this area for any amount of time know that in the summertime, storms can come along and can bring with them tornadoes and strong winds. Many of us have seen firsthand the destruction that these storms can cause. Not too far away, we know the damage that Hurricane Michael caused. We've seen that devastation that's in the Bahamas. We've seen the recovery taking place in Puerto Rico, and even New Orleans has not fully recovered from Hurricane Katrina that happened, what was that, 15 years ago now? The problem becomes if we claim that God is in the storm, that the storm is the voice of God, then we have to be okay with saying God caused that destruction to happen. God caused that pain and death. And maybe there are some that feel okay saying that. But as with the seas, when we look to the storms, we have to look beyond it to the power of the God who is greater still. God is not confined to the storm. God is in the storm just the same as God is around us every day. We know that our God is one that saves. The one that created the earth and the skies. The one that tamed the chaos and gave it order. The one who created life. The one that promises us salvation and relationship. The one who came to an imperfect and sinful people and offered us hope. It is this God that walks with us still. We all have stories in our family of times of tragedy. We've all had those storms in our life. But we also have stories of growth, of hope after loss, stories of healing, stories of love shared in times of need. Our faith in the one who remains faithful to us gives us the ability to weather many 
of the storms that we face in life. Some of those storms are metaphorical, some of them are physical. Our faith also compels us to act, to act with compassion when those physical storms come up. There are people in this world today, today, physically today, literally, who will be given hope and the chance to survive because of our faith. Our faith in providing flood buckets for UMCOR. Our faith in sending relief teams down to help those in need. God shows up for people at least partly through those of us who believe and who act out that faith for others during times of need. As I wrestled with this passage today, I was reminded of the story of Elijah. You see, Elijah uh, appears in the Old Testament, and after confronting the king and the prophets of Baal, Elijah was threatened. His life was threatened by one who had killed many of the prophets of God already. And so he did what many of us would likely do in that same situation— he ran away into the wilderness. And he finally sat down under a solitary tree, told God, you know what, I'm done, I'm giving up, and he lied down. And then a messenger from God came along and woke him up and, and said, get up and eat. And he found food and water sitting next to his head, and so he ate and drank, and then he went back to sleep. And then the angel awoke him a second time and told him to eat and drink again because he needed to build up his strength for the journey ahead of him. And so he ate again before journeying into the wilderness another 40 days and nights. Now, I could simply stop here with the analogy um, and say something about the God that comforts us in the midst of life's storms. That is part of our theme. I remember seeing a post on Facebook recently that said something along the lines of, sometimes when we're feeling overwhelmed, God just tells us we need a nap and something to eat. And sometimes that's what God tells us. But it's a part of the story that comes next that struck me in relation to the psalm. You see, after walking in the wilderness for 40 days and nights, Elijah came to the mountain of God and fell asleep in a cave. And he was awakened by a voice asking him, why are you here? And so he repeated the story of the things he had done. He repeated the story of how he was now afraid because his life had been threatened. And then the voice says to him, the Lord says, go out and stand at the mountain before the Lord. The Lord is passing by. And a very strong wind tore through the mountains and broke apart the stones before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound, thin, quiet. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his coat and he went out and stood at the cave's entrance. Rather than finding God in the terrific power of the storm, 
and the wind and the thunder and the lightning and the fire, Elijah found God in the quiet stillness that followed. God had offered Elijah comfort for his journey, comfort in the face of death threats and violence, and then God appeared to Elijah on that mountain. But God didn't appear in the power and the violence that came first. Instead, God appeared in the quiet stillness that followed. And our psalmist today ultimately does the same thing. As we read through Psalm 29, we find ten verses extolling the power and the might of God. We get the thunder, we get the wind, we get the lightning. But in the final verse, the psalmist comes back around to a God that is not distant, a God that is not violent. Instead, he ends with a blessing and peace. Let the Lord give strength to his people. Let the Lord bless his people with peace. As we draw to a close this morning, I recognize that it's difficult at times to reconcile the many facets of God that we find in Scripture. We speak of God's strength, a wild strength that frankly at times is a bit scary as we read about it in the text. The psalmist speaks of trees shattering, the earth quaking and jumping, crashing waves and flooding waters, but this isn't where the story ends. He doesn't leave us cowering in fear before an angry God that might hurl a lightning bolt at us at any moment. Instead, he reminds us that as powerful as God is, God is also present to us in the midst of the storm, providing strength and blessing to us. God is present as a comforting presence in the face of violence and uncertainty. God offers peace in a world full of destruction. Because of God's faithfulness, we have hope to carry us through the difficult times. And by our faith, we extend that hope out to others, offering food and shelter and rest in times of need. When we speak of God's power, this is a part of that power. The storms may remind us of a powerful, strong God a power far greater even than those storms themselves. But we also find God in those moments of beauty that follow the storm. We find God in the midst of the storm and in the midst of the quiet. We find God in peace and hope that help us through. And we find God in the love that we share with one another and with those who are in need.